It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. Myself and Thomas Simons are the IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. Thomas, what a great Thursday night game that was. Did you like that one play where that one guy did that uh, one thing? Right. Yeah, right. All <laughs> right, let's, let's be honest. It's Wednesday night. We're doing Aww. this because I'm working the... Thursday night game in Seattle. So unfortunately, we won't have any kind of a review or a preview or or going over what happened on Thursday night. So shall we move on? I, I was T Thomas overruled me, but I wanted to act like we uh, already knew what happened Thursday night. But uh, clearly we can't do that. Um, party pooper. So let's move on to news and notes. <laughs> All right, let's start off with Micah Parsons moving back to middle linebacker in week four, and it looks like he's going to remain there. Uh, Parsons posted three solos, uh, an assist, and he had another sack. Um, he had a tackle for a loss and a QB hit. Now, in addition to Parsons moving back to middle linebacker, Keen O'Neill was, was put on COVID-19 uh, list this past week, um, but he's came off the, the list on October 5th. So um, the release of Jalen Smith means that Parson will remain at middle linebacker and Neil should see increased time at linebacker. Now we'll get more into the Jalen Smith release later on in the, in this podcast. But um, what is speaking of a Smith, what do you got going on in green Bay? So yeah, speaking of, of, of said Smith, uh, so it looks like uh, Jalen Smith is on the verge of of signing with Green Bay. It's not official yet. Everything is looking good, but they'll they'll have to wait until Thursday. But I mean, by the time you hear this podcast, hopefully it will have happened. But we're going to go ahead and assume that it's going to happen. Um, and now, how that affects Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes, everybody at Green Bay, we're actually going to deal with toward the end of the podcast because it was one of the questions we got from our Discord crew there. So we want to make sure that that we. Uh, address that. I will tell you that the second linebacker position has been a major weakness for the Packers for some time. Uh, Chris Barnes is in, in concussion. We'll get into a little bit more of that, late, that later. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about whether or not um, Smith would play this week or how it would affect him, uh, his overall fantasy value. But as of now, it's looking like Smith is going to be um, playing with the Green Bay Packers. So it's really brutal that four of the top five or the top tacklers for Miami were not linebackers. Now, Landon Roberts had uh, six total tackles, five solos and assists, taking 70% of the snaps. He tied Nick Needham, a cornerback, for fifth on the team in total tackles. Now, that's not a good sign when your linebackers are not producing. Um, Jerome Baker is the only linebacker taking 74% or more of the snaps every week. Andrew Van Ginkle took 71% in week one, 73 in week two, and I believe it was 62% this past week. And other than Van Ginkle, Baker, and Landon Roberts, 70% this past week, no linebacker on that team has taken more than 59%. That's not a good sign. Now, we've talked about this before. We'll talk a lot about offensive and defensive identities. Some offenses 
bleed production to certain levels, one of one or two of the three levels of defense. Well, defensive identity, there are some defenses who soak up tackle production of, among the defensive line more so than the linebackers. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons for that. There basically it, it comes down to not only assignments but also personnel. There, you know, if uh, New England is a team that will do this, Miami is also another team that will do this. You'll, you'll see some of these teams that have uh, and Washington is another team that will do this. You'll have three or four defensive linemen put up somewhere between three to six tackles a week. They'll line you know sometimes four and five. Uh, defensive linemen, not just not edge rushers, but defensive linemen on that line, and just there's just nowhere to go. They're just going to get to the tackles um, before the linebackers. And and Miami has been a, a little bit built this way for a while. It's one of the reasons why, as much as we like Jerome Baker, and as much as we think that Miami likes Jerome Baker, what they ask Jerome Baker to do is different than, let's say, a Blake Martinez in uh, in New York. Blake Martinez is there to try and soak up all the tackles. That's not the case for Jerome Baker. And so sometimes you'll see these really good NFL players who are playing really well for their team. It's all going well, but there's just no fantasy production there. Sometimes that's just is how the team and the defense is built. And I believe that is the case here in Miami. And we saw it last year. We're seeing it more this year. We like Baker, um, but that's why in our in our minds, he's been an LB3, not not an LB1 or LB2 like he, we saw him get drafted. Um, another player we really like, and this, is, this again speaks to defensive identity, is uh, Daniel Sorensen, the safety uh, for Kansas City. Daniel has been... Uh, one of their more productive players there. Uh, Tyron Matthew, phenomenal player, but his role is different. I, I just saw something about this today. It was um, uh, uh, They were talking about Derwin James, and uh, they said, they were saying, uh, the coaches were saying, if Derwin James only had a couple of roles, he would be he would be a he would be a massive producer for our team. But we ask him to do about five different roles, and he's excelling at all of them. But some of those roles don't involve him being anywhere near the action. So don't look at the interceptions and tackles and tackles for loss and sacks as as a as a reason for him not playing well for us. So um, that is also the case kind of for Tyron Matthew. He is not the fantasy producer there. It's Daniel Sorensen. Uh, and if you have any of the Kansas City Chiefs linebackers, you also know <laughs> that they're not productive either. So who's getting all that production? It's Sorensen. He's actually since week two, he's been the number two uh, defensive back in fantasy. The, the reason I say since week two is because in week one, Matthew wasn't in the lineup. He was he was out for COVID reasons, and Sorensen had to play more of the Tyron Matthew role, and predictably, he didn't score as well. But now he's back in that really productive role. He also happens to have the number one matchup this week. The Buffalo Bills are the number one team in fantasy points against two defensive backs. They average 37 tackles a game. And this is going to be a shootout for all. I mean, everybody assumes this is this this game is going to post close to 60 points. There's going to be a lot of passing and Sorensen will be there to eat it up. So Nick Vigil in Minnesota wore the green dot for the Vikings, but that didn't translate very well into good fantasy production. He had four total tackles, but only one uh, one solo and three assists out of those four tackles. Now, while he did take 100% of the snaps, 
he did injure his ankle, and I'll get more into that when we get go through the injuries. Uh, what what is even more bothersome here is the fact that Anthony Barr, who was limited all last week, uh, and again I, I will talk about Barr in the injury report. He could play his first game depending on what he does the rest of this week. Moving on to uh, another linebacking situation. Um, so uh, veteran John Bostic, he he suffered a. a- pec injury in week four might end his season. I'm not sure if that's official yet or not, but um, either way, he's definitely going to miss multiple weeks, if not uh, the rest of the season. But he was already starting to cede more and more snaps to the rookie Jamin Davis. Now, I still don't think Davis is going to be a hundred percent player and every down player. But if you've been stashing Jamin Davis, to me, now he's on the LB3 radar. I would, I think he would be a serviceable LB3. He will have some LB2 upside. I think as he gets more and more comfortable with this defense, he will start, his snap counts will rise and he will become more and more productive as we get into the second half of the season. So if he's out, if you play three or four linebackers and he's out there on your waiver wires, now's the time to grab Davis. Um, if you already have him, you can consider are firing up there toward the end. But Cole Holcomb's still the man here. And also remember that they have a couple of really good box safeties in Landon Collins and Cameron Curl. They run a three safety set a lot. So there's a good chance that Washington will fill their fill the box there uh, with like 70% uh, of Davis and 20 to 30% one of those dime safeties. So I don't believe he'll be an every down player. And just to follow up on that uh, breaking news, John Bostic was placed on injured reserve, and he's done for the year. You see, I, I, tell, I can I can predict the future. If you would have just let me tell everyone what's going to happen in tomorrow night's football game, we'd be millionaires. Oh, man, I wish I was. Anyways, let's uh, move on to, uh, speaking of millionaires, how about Pete Werner from the New Orleans Saints? He uh, took 63% of the snaps this past week, and that's up from 49% in his first game in week three. And he had a really stout uh, 10 total tackles, six solos and four assists. And he had a tackle for a loss. Now, that's especially, I wouldn't say eye-opening, but it is definitely catches your eye when you consider the fact that the Giants, their opponent, only ran the ball 20 times in comparison to passing it 40. Now, Zach Bond has no fantasy value as long as Warner is healthy. Yeah, uh, Bond had his day in the sun there while uh, we were waiting for Pete Werner to get yes. healthy. And so you might have gotten a, week, a good week out of him, a week or two. But yeah, there, it's clear that uh, that will no longer be the case. Emphasis on week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, speaking of linebackers who are going out on IR, now that Shaq Thompson is on IR, Jermaine Carter will be thrust into, or we are assuming will be thrust into an every down role here in Carolina. Now this is different. When Bostic went on IR um, and we are talking about Jamin Davis getting moved up, Davis would be basically moving into the what would be the Jermaine Carter role in 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 Carolina before Shaq Thompson got hurt. So now that Thompson's hurt, Carter should be the one who mans the middle of this defense and will be the will be a fantasy producer. They do have some really good safeties in Jeremy Chin. They may elect to use Chin a little bit more in the box like they did last year. That will be something we're going to watch very carefully. Um, they did all. They also signed Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots. So um, if you've been streaming Carolina's defense and it took a little bit of hit with with uh, J.C. Horn 
getting knocked out. Stephon Gilmore moving into the lineup. I mean, he's this whole thing that's been going on with New England is was contract based, not not performance based. So this makes Carolina an even deadlier weapon. And I do think that actually helps Carter's case because they will be less likely to throw to the corners and more likely to try and create things over the middle. And that will help Carter's fantasy value. Uh, on a, a T- Thompson note, I'm I'm retracting from uh, the information that we've been getting that Thompson is going on IR. They're saying now that the 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 injury, the foot injury that he had, which allowed him to get back into the game last week, um, it bothered him a lot. And then we thought he was headed for injured reserve. Well, it looks like he may not go on injured reserve, but he's going to miss two to three weeks at least, and. <laughs> The the problem you have here is there could always be if he doesn't have respond to um, the rehabbing very well in this coming week they could stick him on IR but the fact is that they don't plan on putting him on IR at the moment because of the fact that the they don't think that the injury is as serious as they originally thought so that's something to keep an eye on going forward but again what you just said is def- definitely true so shall we move on to quick hits let's do it. All right, well, let's start with the Giants. Um, we just mentioned them a minute ago. How about Tay Crowder, Crowder taking 100% of the snaps, getting nine total tackles, four solos, and five assists, assists? He continues to wear the green dot. And speaking of Giant linebackers, Reggie Ragland uh, saw an increase in snaps. He went to 78%, and he supplied eight total tackles, four solos, four assists. So seeing an increase in snap count on Reggie Ragland, and even though Crowder was a little banged up going into the game, he took every snap, and that's a good sign. Raglan also, and, and Crowder, uh, seems to have dodged the free agent linebacker bullets that have been flying around lately, which we're going to get a little bit more into in a few minutes. But I like, you know, Reggie Raglan was on my deep, um, uh, in my waiver wires uh, for, for deep ads. You know, everybody's going to be talking about Crowder being the every down linebacker, which he is. But if Raglan's going to be putting up six to eight tackles, we don't want that just sitting on waiver wires. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Javon Hargrave. I've been talking about him a lot, mainly because I want to make it clear that this does not seem like a fluke. You know, we'll see it a lot with with some uh, IDPs that kind of that seemingly come out of nowhere and will play a couple of you know a couple of good games or just have you know uh, have luck go their way. And then all of a sudden they look productive and you pick them up and they, you know, as we always like to say, they turn back into a pumpkin. Well, that does not seem to be the case with Hargrave. Um, Adam Kaplan, uh, you know, NFL insider and, and friend of Fantasy Points, and he helps us a lot on the site. Um, he talked about how much the team loves Hargrave, loves his motor. And also remember, there's so many injuries on that D-line. I believe Hargrave's going to continue to take high snaps. He also has the best fantasy matchup for uh, defensive linemen this week. Yeah, and we're, we're looking for him to be probably the top defensive uh, line scorer in fantasy football this week. And now it doesn't seem logically right that, you know, he's going to have better point totals than, let's say, a Miles Garrett or something like that. But, you know, Hargrave has been very productive and he has been putting up quite a few tackle numbers. And he is facing a Carolina unit that is a little banged up in, in their backfield. And, you know, there's a possibility that Christian McCaffrey could return this week. He, he was limited in practice, and, and there's a possibility he could show up. And if he doesn't, then they're going to go with Chubba Hubbard, and that's not the greatest running game out there. So Hargrave, Hargrave could be very productive in this one on the road in Carolina. 
Now, the New York Giants have, and we'll discuss this a little bit more um, on di- the Discord questions. Um, they have Quincy Williams is a pretty much right now a must-grab at linebacker. He had 10 solos and two assists along with a sack, two tackles for a loss, a QB hit, and a pass defended uh, while taking 97% of the snaps last week. Now, this is considering that Jamin uh, Sherwood returned in in uh, week four, then you got to think that, well, maybe he's going to take over for Williams where he was before. And no, they kept Williams exactly where he was. Um, and, and I take that back. It, Quincy Williams in the Jets, not the Giants. Um, excuse me for that little screw up. But anyways, uh, again, Quincy Williams on the Jets is a must-grab linebacker. Uh, and we'll discuss this a little bit more in, in the Discord questions. Yeah, love Quincy Williams as a grab. Um, civil, similar to what I was saying about Javon Hargrave, it looks like the Jordan Hicks experiment uh, seems to be here to stay. I think what's happening is that you know they want Zayvon Collins – to be their their future at middle linebacker. And I think they gave Collins every chance to do that. But and he's playing snaps and 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 doing fine, but it doesn't look like he's ready for prime time. Hicks has been the every down linebacker. He's been really good for fantasy. 30 tackles, a sack and two PD and a forced fumble. And I think this next part might be the most important. Arizona's defense is playing well enough so that Arizona is undefeated. So it's hard to imagine them making this change anytime soon with the veteran Hicks. They're kind of holding things together. Yeah, and, and also the fact that if you've got Collins or you're considering removing Collins in a dynasty league, we suggest that you don't because they they do want to count on him down the road, kind of like what happened with Isaiah uh, Simmons last year. There was that whole period of time where he was in and out of the lineup and, and it was taking time to adjust. Um, Hicks is, is most likely gone at the end of the season, and Collins is going to be the man. Now, speaking of another rookie, Joe Tryon Shainka from uh, Tampa Bay had two more sacks in taking the place of Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, and it, it's not much on the tackle side of things for uh, Tryon Shainka, but this is a solid option in a big play scoring league, um, especially when you consider that this rookie is going to be uh, probably taking JPP's place uh, going forward after this season. So even if JPP comes back, there's a good possibility that these two will share snaps. I got a sneaky DB3 for you. Uh, this was somebody we used to Ooh. have a lot of hope hope in, uh, and then things changed, and things might be working their way back around. One of the benefits of the Steelers being bad on offense <laughs> and suddenly not one of the best defenses is that Terrell o. Edmonds is uh, has been more productive this year than in previous seasons. Last year, Edmonds finished as the 73rd overall fantasy, i.e. Uh, DB, i.e. completely useless. He averaged about four <laughs> tackles a game, which you can pick up off the waiver wire. I mean, you could close your eyes and click a DB and and hit you know three to four tackles a game. This season, however, he's the 26th fantasy DB. He's averaging almost six tackles a game. These aren't massive numbers, but it's uh, it's it's more solid than it used to be. A lot of it depends. A lot of it, I think, has to do with the Steelers' defense being on the field a lot more this year than they were last. Now, Alex Anzalone in New Orleans wore the green dot again. He uh, took all 100% of the snaps. Um, His numbers weren't all that great. He did have four solos and two assists and a QB hit. Um, Excuse me, not the Saints. I said I did it again. 
This is Alex Anzalone on Detroit. He used to be on the Saints. Yes, exactly. And See, I'm trying to predict the future, and you're going back to the past. We've got to be in the middle. I got Michael J. Fox on the mind. Um, anyways, <laughs> Derek Barnes started, but he only took 31% of the snaps. and he, he did have four solos and a QB hit, but it seems like Austin Bryant and Jalen Reeves Maben are, are having more fantasy value right now than Derek Barnes. Now, that could change down the road. But for the moment, we're not getting in on the Derek Barnes bandwagon anytime soon. Some bad news if you own Jamie Collins. Uh, he uh, has been <laughs> – it looks like he's he's signing with New England. That's his former team. I think it's great for the New England defense. I think they – you know, they he's got a pretty varied skill set. We talked a little bit about that last week. They can use him off the edge. They can use him in the middle. And he's a, a veteran leader. He obviously knows a ton about the uh, Belichick defense. So he's a great fit for them. I think it's going to help their defense a lot. It's not going to do anything for fantasy. Whatever little fantasy value you, Juwan Bentley, uh, and Dante Hightower had. This just makes it even soupier, if you will. I think they're going to use Collins in a multitude of ways, but none of them will be something that'll that'll, that'll be fantasy relevant or, or, or fantasy dependent. So what probably means is you're probably just going to have to either um, – uh, you know, bench him or, or put him on the waiver wire or, or possibly uh, prop him up on your on your fantasy bench. And speaking of propping up, come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of this prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for the NFL Week 5 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS, that's Fantasy Points when you sign up and you'll receive a 100% Instant first deposit match up to $100. Download the Thrive Fantasy uh, app on the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Tune in to Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning. Every uh, at, the, at fantasypoints.com, we'll do an Extra Points live stream in the morning to get everyone set up for their uh, for their matchups to, to hit Sunday. And when that's happening, you're going to hear some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today all right now speaking of people being propped up boy these things these these lists get longer and longer i know (laughs) i feel like everybody everybody hates when you're about to start talking because all you're going to bring is injuries and and inactives (laughs) so let's get right into it uh we'll start with the notable injuries and go into inactives and then uh waivers trades and and other injuries that are going on Injured reserve. Going on injured reserve was defensive end Derek Wolf on Baltimore with back and hip issues. Linebacker Romeo Okora on Detroit tore his Achilles, went to IR. Linebacker Zadarius Smith of Green Bay had back surgery. Linebacker Kenneth Murray on the Chargers injured his knee in practice, and they placed him on IR. Linebacker Hampson Nasruddin on the Jets went on IR with an undisclosed injury. We're still trying to dig up the information as to why. 
Linebacker John Bostic on Washington tore his pectoral muscle uh, and is done for the year. So Jamin Davis, as we mentioned earlier, will be the next man up. And finally, another the last IR right now currently, cornerback uh, Isaiah Oliver on Atlanta uh, injured his knee, went to IR. Now, inactives last week, and what they'll do and uh, what they've done so far in practice uh, is as follows. Marlon Davidson on Atlanta, defensive tackle, ankle injury, did not practice on Wednesday. Detroit, uh, Detroit Lions defensive end Trey Flowers, knee injury, limited practice on Wednesday. Um, defensive end Quiddy Pay, Indianapolis, hamstring injury, plays Monday night, hasn't practiced yet. Frank Clark, Kansas City defensive end, hamstring, full practice on Wednesday. Linebacker Kino uh, Neal of Dallas was placed on COVID list last week, activated off the list this week. Linebacker Chris Barnes on Green Bay had a concussion, was inactive. He practiced in full this Wednesday, so it looks like he might play this week. We'll get into that a little bit more in the Discord questions. Linebacker Anthony Barr on Minnesota, knee injury, practiced in full on Wednesday. Linebacker Jawan Bentley on New England, shoulder injury, limited practice on Wednesday. Linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul, Tampa Bay, hand and shoulder injuries, limited practice on Wednesday. And linebacker Bud Dupree on Tennessee with a knee injury was limited on Wednesday. Inactive for Baltimore was safety Deshaun Elliott. He with an ankle injury, Monday night uh, football game. He hasn't practiced yet. Uh, safety Jordan Poyer on Buffalo uh, was out with an ankle injury last week, is limited in practice on Wednesday. Also on Buffalo, cornerback Teron uh, Johnson, groin injury kept him out last week, full practice on Wednesday. Safety Tashawn Gibson on Chicago, hamstring injury forced him out last week, full practice on Wednesday. Cornerback uh, Chidobi Owuzie on Cincinnati, groin injury, limited practice on Wednesday. Safety Jesse Bates III, Cincinnati, was a surprise um, inactive last week at the last minute with a neck injury. He practiced in full on Wednesday. Cornerback Greg Newsom II on Cleveland had a calf injury, kept him out, did not practice this Wednesday. Also not practicing Wednesday was safety Donovan Wilson on Dallas with a groin injury. Cornerback Kevin King on Green Bay was uh, out with an illness last week, was limited in practice on Wednesday. A um, couple of Indianapolis Colts who didn't practice yet because of Monday night football games are cornerback Rock Yassin with an ankle injury and safety Kerry uh, Willis with an ankle and groin injury. Cornerback Chevarius Ward on Kansas City was out with a quad injury. He practiced in full Wednesday. Cornerback Chris Harris Jr. on the Chargers uh, was out with a shoulder injury, limited practice on Wednesday. Safety Marcus May on the New York Jets, ankle injury, did not practice on Wednesday and is likely out uh, at least a few more weeks. Cornerback Kawan Williams on San Francisco, calf injury kept him out, did not practice on Wednesday. Cornerback Josh Norman on San Francisco with bruised lungs was limited in practice on Wednesday. And cornerback Jamal Dean on Tampa Bay, Knee injury kept him out last week, limited practice on Wednesday. Now, notable injuries going forward from last week and into practices this week. Gregory Russo on Buffalo, toe injury. The defensive end did not practice on Wednesday. Defensive end Hakeem uh, Hicks on Chicago, groin injury. Um, did not return to the game last week, took just one snap. He did not practice Wednesday. Defensive end Leonard Williams. Uh, has an apparent knee injury, did not practice on Wednesday. You'll have to keep an eye on him and, and all of these guys all week as far as their Thursday and Friday, especially their Friday practices. Linebacker Matt Milano of Buffalo, hamstring injury, 
Took only 36% of the snaps last week. Did not practice Wednesday. Tyrell Dodson could be the next man up there. We mentioned Shaq Thompson with his injured foot. We'll miss a few weeks. They did promote Kamel Martin from the practice squad. Now, I'm not expecting or we're not expecting Martin to get a lot of production and or playing time in this first game uh, in place of Thompson, but that's something to keep an eye on. Linebacker uh, Khalil Mack on Chicago did not practice Wednesday with rib and foot injuries. Now, linebacker Nick Vigil, who we mentioned suffered an ankle injury uh, in last week's game, even though he took 100% of the snaps, did not practice on Wednesday. Keep an eye on that one, especially with Anthony um, Barr, who did practice in full um, on Wednesday. Linebacker Kyle Van Noy on New England is dealing with a groin injury, didn't practice on Wednesday. Jayon Brown, Tennessee knee injury, didn't practice on Wednesday, and he hasn't really been seeing much playing time, even if he is playing. Safety Eric Harris on Atlanta injured his calf this past week and did not practice on Wednesday. Cornerback Patrick Sertan, the second on Denver, injured his chest, uh, only took 86% of the snaps and did not practice on Wednesday. Cornerback uh, Jare Alexander on Green Bay, shoulder injury, 60% of the snaps last week, did not practice Wednesday. Cornerback Trayvon Mullen on Las Vegas, in Vegas injured his foot on Monday night. Uh, did not return to the game, did not practice on Wednesday. Cornerback Byron Jones, Miami, injured his quadriceps, only took 35% of the snaps last week, did not practice Wednesday. Safety Jabril Peppers on the New York Giants injured his hamstring and took just 28% of the snaps last week, did not practice Wednesday. Cornerback Adrian Colbert on the Jets and cornerback Brandon Eccles, both suffered concussions last week, or both in concussion protocol, and neither one of them practiced Wednesday. Safety Antoine Winfield on Tampa Bay suffered a concussion, and his head coach Bruce Arian says it's going to be really hard for him to get in, uh, get himself available for this game Sunday. So he's going into Sunday as doubtful. Didn't practice on Wednesday. Cornerback Car- Carlton Davis. Tampa Bay, quadriceps injury, didn't return to the game last week, just 54% of the snaps, did not practice Wednesday. And finally, cornerback Stephon Gilmore on New England was traded from New England to Carolina for a 2023 sixth-round pick. So it's pretty odd that that they couldn't come to terms and so – on a, a contract extension, so they just really uh, just ended up trading him to Carolina for a, a really late draft pick. All right, I'm gonna uh, take a second here. We're gonna pause so you can catch your breath, uh, and we're gonna uh, pause and, and pay a few bills. All right, we're gonna wrap things up with our Discord questions. Um, if if you're not familiar with these, uh, if you're a fantasypoints.com subscriber, if you're a premium subscriber, you get access to our Discord channels. There's every kind of Discord channel you can imagine betting, DFS, um, you know, uh, rookie cards, even you know, the uh, trading cards. There's all sorts of uh, great ones. And uh, there's even one for the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, there's also clearly uh, one for IDP. So in our in the IDP section, we have a bunch of great uh, users in there who we interact with and help them out week to week on their lineup questions and help them out uh, sometimes with draft questions as well. Uh, well, what we ask them every week to, to supply us some some good questions that we think might be able to help 
help more than just them. Uh, so we've answered a lot of these in the Discord app. They usually have already have their answer, but let's go ahead and dive in to some of these. We're going to start with Bravo One. Bravo One asked, does the release of Jalen Smith benefit anyone in particular or just increase the value of Parsons, um, Leighton Van Der Esch, and uh, all your Keanu Neal shares? Uh, Thomas, why don't you start us off? Well, Parsons seems to be the one that's going to benefit the most here as Dallas will, will no longer experiment with him at defensive end and will move him as they did last week back to middle linebacker and that's where he's going to play. What they have been finding with Parsons is that he has been bringing a lot of heat a, a, in the backfield and has increased his sack totals. So his numbers were down still a little bit last week. They were more defensive end style numbers, but I, worth expecting those numbers to come up a little bit, but they're willing to let him blitz. And that is where you're going to really benefit from Parsons giving you, you know, a low end linebacker two type numbers, but becomes a high end linebacker two, or even a low end linebacker one with the fact that he, he can produce big plays. Now, Keno uh, Neal was out last week on that COVID list. He's back now and should get uh, more snaps with the departure of Jalen Smith. Now, we're not sold on on Leighton Van Der Esch benefiting as much as the other two, are we? No, and it's mainly because one of the I think I think one of the reasons they decided that uh they, they could let Smith go was that Donovan Wilson is getting healthy. Um uh, he's obviously as you just heard, uh he's still not back to hundred percent, but he he'll be back pretty soon. They really liked what they got out of safety Jaron Curse, who filled in for Wilson. And I think um because one of their biggest issues is is coverage. Um noticed how much better notice how much better Dallas's defense is playing this year than last year. You really have to tip your cap to Dan Quinn. He has overhauled his defensive philosophy and created something new here in Dallas, uh, and he's really making it work. Um, Jaron Curse was one of the reasons that that they played so well. Uh, you know, it kind of helped things in the secondary. So I think that Curse and D- Donovan Wilson will be on the field a lot. I think they're going to be playing a lot of of dime, and they'll only be one, you know, one linebacker. Or if they have two, uh, you can imagine that there'll be tons and tons of snaps for Keanu Neal. And uh, obviously for Micah Parsons, uh, I think Leighton Van Der Esch is simply going to be a base uh, linebacker. I think he's going to play in obvious run situations. He'll get his snaps in, but I doubt he's going to cover 50%. I think he's going to be more like 30 or 40%. I think the extra snaps will get picked up by Curse and Wilson. And I also see the, the, the Parsons experiment at defensive end coming into play with what you just discussed. If they go with one linebacker, even if they go with two, they could keep Neal in in the box and yet blitz um, Parsons as part of the, you know, bring three defensive linemen and Parsons uh, into the backfield. So there's a lot of flexibility and yeah, their defense has totally improved. And, uh, we're thinking here more, a little bit more long term, but Demarcus Lawrence's foot injury, that's going to have him out for about six to eight weeks. Uh, we are in the third week of that. So uh, it won't be long. It'll be it. It could be less than a month when Lawrence re- retakes the field uh, as a defensive end, which would move uh, Parsons 
probably a little bit more full time back to linebacker. So uh, if you if you have a chance to use Parsons as your defensive end and leave him there, uh, I think he's got big tackle numbers coming down the pipe. Indeed. So let's move on to the next one, which was a Vicus 07 asked if we like Aziz Al-Shahir or Quincy Williams linebacker on the Jets, or is Anthony Barr a better option than both? The, the uh, Vicus 07 could use linebacker help. Well, Will, Will Williams has done extremely well. We mentioned it earlier that starting next to C.J. Mosley, he's really produced big time. Uh, and even with Jamin Sherwood returning, Williams is the better option than Sherwood. Now, comparing him to Aziz, they're very, very similar and very close to each other. Aziz takes a few more snaps percentage-wise than Williams, and he faces run-oriented offenses a little bit more. Now, we do like Barr, but he hasn't played a snap yet this year, and it's hard to get behind someone who who you haven't seen and hasn't shown how how well they've done with the injury that they're bouncing back from. And then this is especially true with Nick Vigil hanging around over Barr's shoulder. Now, we, we both feel that Barr is going to most likely uh, become more prevalent and, and more fantasy-valued than Vigil, in, especially over time. But for the time being, you know, I, I like with the fact that Dre Greenlaw is going to be out quite a long time after groin core core muscle surgery, there's a possibility he may not be back at all. So Al Shahir is probably a very good bet and and you can't really go wrong with him and or Quincy Williams. I would probably put Aziz slightly ahead of Quincy at this point in time and both ahead of Barr. Your thoughts? Yeah, I do think Barr is a, is a distant third here, mainly just because Nick Vigil is playing well in this defense, and it seems you know, we still think Barr is going to end up uh, getting his job back. But the question is: is will it be a full time job? They may find ways to get Vigil, uh, you know, keep Vigil exactly. on the field from time to time. So um, my favorite here is Eileen Eileen Williams a little bit more, and this is really long term. This is sorry, this is rest of season that 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 Eileen. First of all. The, the Jets are, are due to have a ton of snap counts, right? The Jets defense is likely to be on the field a lot. Uh, they are really weak at cornerback, and they're even weaker now. As you, as you just, you know, Thomas just mentioned, two of their uh, cornerbacks are, are, are in concussion protocol. So uh, this is a defense that should be on the field a lot. Uh, we did see Zach Wilson show some signs of life last week, but it's probably still going to be a bumpy ride. So I think Williams has a ton of opportunity ahead of him. The reason I have Shair a little bit behind Williams is because um, even Fred Werner, uh, Fred Warner on uh, on San Francisco, he ends up not getting a ton of tackles on that defense. Now, this is a little bit of what we talked about earlier in terms of of, of um, defensive identity. What are the roles for each of these linebackers? Warner, I mean, Warner is a back end LB one, but I believe that if Warner played on a different team, he'd be a top three linebacker. As he's got. I think he is the most talented, the most complete linebacker in the game. And I think if he were in a role similar to someone like Bobby Wagner, or if uh, if he got traded to the Giants and, and replaced Blake Martinez, you'd see him posting 12, 14 tackles a game. But his role is a little bit different there. So if, if Warner can't put up massive numbers, I I don't think Aziz uh, uh, Al-Shahir will either. But uh, it's really... 
I think Williams is, is for me, a little bit ahead of Shair, Shair that way. Also because, you know, Thomas, you'd mentioned that, you know, Greenlaw is out and might be out for the season, which which he could be. But he also could make it back in the last three or four games of the season, in which case uh, Shair will likely move back. So rest of season, I'm leaning a little bit more toward Williams. And that's that's a very good call, you know, when you, you consider the fact that the 49ers are playing under D'Amico Ryans um, for the first time as the defensive coordinator um, since Robert Sala moved on as head coach of the Jets. Um, you know, you've got Sala playing or coaching the, the Jets and using the system that Dre Greenlaw had a very successful year last year under Sala, which is basically the semi-position that um, – Quincy Williams is playing with the Jets, even though they they slid into a more of a three four four three type of uh, linebacking situation. There, they're leaning more towards four three. But Quincy Williams does see inside time along with C.J. Mosley. So, I, I would you know long term, that's a good call to go with Williams over um, El Shayer because of the fact that. You just don't know what's going to happen with Greenlaw when we get to week 10, 11, or 12. And that's when you're going to really need to rely on these one of these two. And if Greenlaw comes back, then uh, Aziz is going to take a hit on his uh, snap count. Now, let's move on to the last one, which is Qball04 asked um, a couple of questions. I'll let you handle the second one. The first one was, should I be worried about Devondre Campbell now that the Packers signed uh, Jalen Smith? Or will he be willing uh, filling the role of Barnes? Now, as far as Smith goes, they won't sign him until Thursday. He has to come in, and I'm not sure, but I believe he has to take a a physical. And they most likely won't get it done until Thursday. So there's a late signing. You're going to get maybe a day, a day and a half practice with this team. I'm not positive that Smith will see playing time this week at all. He may not even play. And Barnes is coming back from a concussion, but he did practice in full. So there's a chance that Barnes and Campbell will play this week and Smith may not. But if Smith does get on the field, I believe it's going to be at the expense of Chris Barnes more than Campbell. Now, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You were going to mention something. Oh yeah, I was just going to say they, as I'd mentioned before, they, you know, the Packers have really struggled with their second linebacker role. I mean, it's it's one of the places where they really got hurt over the last couple of years in, in playoff games. You know, Kyle Shanahan of the uh, 49ers schemed up things to keep both those linebackers on the field, and then and then use that against them. Uh, so. Uh, you know, they, they've really tried to find a good combination here. Uh, I, I think Devondre Campbell is playing really well for them. I think they are loving what he's doing. It's, it's not, this would not be at the expense of Campbell. I totally agree. This is to hopefully upgrade Campbell's uh, LB partner. The other thing I do want to mention is that uh, uh, you had just mentioned that Zadarius Smith w- was having surgery. One thing that the Packers desperately lack is a good pass rush. And don't forget that Jalen Smith does have pass rush chops. I don't think they're going to do a Micah Parsons and just throw him on the edge, but I would not be surprised if they didn't look at, at Smith's pass rushing chops as something they're going to try to use to help create more of a pass rush. Yeah, I mean, they, they've they been using Rashawn Gary, who had a, a semi-decent game last week, but Gary 
fall, fell flat on his face in, in the other games that he replaced Zadarius Smith in. So they and they also Preston Smith got dinged last week and left the game for a little while. Um, he he's not on the injury report and will most likely play. But they they're getting you know injuries are ravaging this uh, depth chart for the the Packers at linebacker. Now some a couple of things to keep into mind, and one of them is that head coach Matt Lafleur was the quarterback coach at Notre Dame back in 2013 when Smith played for the Fighting Irish. So these two have a a small history with each other. So. Smith is most likely going to share time with Barnes as he starts to get acclimated quickly to the Packers' defensive schemes. And once he does, I think it's Barnes who's going to suffer the most, more so than Campbell. And why why mess with success if Barnes is doing really well? They they had Ty Summers and Camille Martin and Chris Barnes uh, at going through preseason. They didn't like what they saw in, in Martin. They let him go. Uh, Barnes beat out Summers, and Campbell took out over the other starting job, and then Campbell came out of the gate with a bang, whereas Barnes has not done what they wanted him to do or has not lived up to their expectations. So I definitely see Jalen Smith doing some outside linebacker work, but doing a, a lot of snap count sharing with Chris Barnes, and in the, in the long run, I think he plays a more prominent role. So. Yeah, the, the second, second question. question. <laughs> Dude, yeah, is there an echo this, in here? Is, yeah, exactly. Uh, the oh, second boy. question he asked, uh, a cue ball for asked was, have you guys considered providing your favorite player props for defensive players each week? Um, and yeah, that's a good question. Player props is something I've been testing this season. Um, uh, so far, it's going really well. Uh, and if it continues that way, I'll probably start sharing them at, you know, as, we, as the season goes on. But I'm trying to be very careful. I'm trying to make sure I've got things dialed in because if I don't, I'd be costing people money uh, pretty quickly. So, um, But so far, it's looking good. It, that's certainly, a, 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 um, I think, a soft spot in, in, the, in the player prop betting world because there's just, excuse me, there's so many of them. That, that are so easily exploitable, like, you know, things like, uh, you know, Logan Wilson was way undervalued. He was an easy cash for a while. Uh, you know, so, so absolutely something that, you know, if it continues to show that, that I've got, I've, I've, I can establish my own success rate with it and I can learn more about how they're setting up these player prop numbers and whatnot, then I'll be, uh, uh, I'll be a little bit more um, uh, confident about it and we'll be able to start um, doing more player props as we go along. So uh, look for that in the, in the, in the coming weeks. And definitely uh, if no, if, if no sooner, it'll definitely come next season, but hopefully it'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And keep these questions coming. We, we love answering them. Absolutely. And uh, as always, I love doing this podcast with you, Thomas Simons. This has been a lot of fun. You can follow us both if you join the fantasypoints.com site. We've got, uh, obviously, we've got the IDP section locked down, but the number of amazing people that, that work there is, is just, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. You know, Graham Barfield, uh, John Hansen, Adam Kaplan helps us out. Greg Cosell helps us out. Tom Brawley, Joe Dolan, uh, Scott Barrett. Uh, Wes Huber now, who Thanks is another great uh, uh, de- yep. defensive mind. 
Ben Kukanis keeps us on the air, keeps everything moving, uh, as as does uh, Brock, our, our IT guy behind the scenes that makes it all um, chug along there effortlessly. So uh, if you guys have enjoyed uh, what you've heard, uh, please consider joining FantasyPoints.com. Uh, for myself uh, and Mr. Thomas Simons, we will see you next time. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.